those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Has any of the congregation been through boot camp? Got a few. Boot camp, I know that our military friends in the congregation have likely been through something like that. Uh, but boot camp also has been taken hold by other institutions. For instance, gyms or fitness centers will call an intense time of training a boot camp. There's actually a, a coding boot camp. I'm guessing none of you have heard of this, but for aspiring computer programmers, they can take part in a programming boot camp where they can lock themselves in a room in front of a computer for hours and days on end uh, learning software development, and they call that coding boot camp. There's also, sometimes you may have seen a retreat or even a television show called Marriage Boot Camp. In fact, right now, there is a show called Marriage Boot Camp, which is a TV show about five hip-hop couples who are going through an intense time of marriage counseling and therapy. I know that First Out of Church Black Mountain, that's your favorite show. <laughs> but there's always a selling point at the beginning of a boot camp, especially with some of the latter examples, what you can be like at the end of the boot camp, right? So if you are exploring a fitness boot camp, for instance, you'll see before and after pictures of someone who went through that boot camp. This is what I looked like before the boot camp. This is what I looked like 30 days later. You can be slimmer, more muscular, more fit if you go to a fitness boot camp. At least that's what they try to sell you. The coding boot camp, the one where you learn how to program a computer, the whole idea is that at the end of that coding boot camp, you will know computers and software development so well that you should have no problem launching a career into computer programming after that intense time of learning and figuring out computer coding. Of course, after something like a marriage boot camp, there's the idea that if you focus intensely enough on a short amount of time on your marriage, that you will come out the other side in a better position. You've spent time together, you've worked on issues together, you've talked through issues, and so therefore, at the end of a marriage boot camp, things will be better for your marriage. 
The Christian life is a long-term commitment. It would be inaccurate to call becoming a Christian entering a time of boot camp. And so as Anna just made her profession of faith, she did not officially enter any kind of a boot camp. She got baptized today. That wouldn't have mattered if it were today or in the summertime or in the fall. Baptism isn't necessarily the start of a boot camp. Of course, it begins the Christian journey. But the Christian journey is a lifelong process. Transformation takes place over time. We're not a Christian, a, 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 a faithful Christian overnight. It takes time to become more like Christ. It takes a lifelong commitment. And yet, throughout the history of the Christian church and even in our religious ancestors, the Jewish faith, they marked out particular times of the year or seasons where they would strive to grow closer to God or strive to become more faithful or strive to become more like Jesus. They may have had their own idea of a spiritual boot camp with these seasons or festivals of becoming more like God and, lead and going in his ways. Lent, in many ways, is like a spiritual boot camp that we are invited to enter into every year. We have entered the Christian season of Lent. Some of you may be practicing Lent even now with a fast. Some of you may never have paid too much attention to this time of year, only knowing that it's a time of year that leads up to Easter. It always comes around in the spring, and that's okay. There is nothing that says you have to observe the season of Lent. But it is, in a sense, a way that the church has worked in a yearly boot camp for the soul, as our next sermon series is called. Lent, if you choose to practice it, is like a boot camp for your Christian faith. Not suggesting that after 40 days and when Easter rolls around, you'll have it all figured out, or there won't be work after that. But it is inviting you into a season of growing closer to Christ. For these six weeks leading up to Easter, we are challenged to spend more time in prayer, more time in Scripture, to practice the Christian discipline of fasting, all to become transformed into a Christ-like that is noticeable. And so just like the person who enters a boot camp, whether military, fitness, software development, marriage. The whole idea is that something will be different on the other side. That starting today, if you choose to commit yourself to intense spiritual growth, that you will discover something about yourself and your relationship with Christ. Today's Old Testament scripture is not a call to practice Lent. It says nothing of Lent, and that's okay, but it still, in many ways, pitches a season of spiritual growth. In many ways, it is like a pitch to enter a boot camp for the soul. And just like a boot camp, it tells us what we can expect should we 
intentionally and actively seek out to become closer to God. If we make that decision and enter into this time of spiritual growth, we are promised that we can experience God's goodness more fully. In fact, the opening verses of this psalm are like a pitch for boot camp, almost like this is what it will be like when you choose to follow God and God's ways more closely. You will be happy when you are forgiven. Your sin will be covered. We are told that when we enter into active spiritual growth, that it is not for naught. When we actively seek out God, we will grow closer to God. It is not a worthless pursuit. Next, the psalmist talks about how my body was groaning and how God's heavy hand was on him. In many ways, that's convincing us that we need to enter this time of spiritual growth. It's like if you approached a fitness boot camp and said, you know, I've kind of let myself go for a few years. By the way, that's me. If you let yourself go for a few years, you might want to enter this time of intense training because your body just feels it. You're not getting around as well as you used to. You're tired more easily. So why not enter this 30 days of seeking to become more healthy with the way you work out or eat? In many ways, the psalmist is telling us that when we have gone far from God, that our bodies, our souls almost acknowledge it. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that sense of groaning that you have wandered away and you have not paid attention to your spiritual life and growth as you should? So did the psalmist. The psalmist said, God's hand was heavy on me. While I kept silence, my body wasted away. And he goes on to say, I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. In many ways, this psalm tells us or gives us a hint on what that spiritual boot camp can look like. Over the next few weeks on Sunday mornings, we will be looking further into what it means to be transformed over this Lenten season. The tools that we can pick up in order to become more spiritually healthy in these next 40 days leading up to Easter. But already in Psalm 32, we hear of how we can begin. Faithful prayer is mentioned in this passage. How is your prayer life? Is prayer something reserved for mealtime for you? Or perhaps when you want something or something's not going so well? Can you enter into more faithful prayer during this season, in both the good and the bad times? Every day, multiple times a day, can you pray and converse with God more than you did yesterday? We also read in this passage of an openness to receiving God's teaching and direction. This may be one of the most important qualities of Lent that you and I must stop and take a deep dive on what that means for us. The Lenten season, perhaps more than any other time of the year, calls us to reflect on our sin. Something I don't like to talk about a lot 
whether personally or with you. Sometimes I'm tempted to say, that's not my business. That's just between you and God. Address your sin personally, but don't tell me about it. Maybe this is the season for you to find some accountability with your Sunday school class or a fellow Christian on this journey to talk about those things you struggle with, to talk about your temptations, such as the ones that Jesus faced in the wilderness, the temptation to use our power in an abusive sense, the temptation to give in to our indulgences. Is there someone you can share that with and talk about that with and to really flesh out what sin is in your life during this season? It's not something we want to do. It's not something we like to do, especially when Easter's on the horizon and we're thinking springtime and Easter egg hunts and brighter days. The last thing we want to talk about is sin. But that was what Lent calls us to do. Sin is mentioned in this psalm. It will be mentioned over the next few weeks. Not out of a judgmental tone for you. Not me, I will not be yelling at you. Or speaking in a very fiery sense up here about your sins. But I want you to reflect along with me. What are the sins that we practice, even as Christians? What are the temptations that so easily grip us as individuals and also as a church. But perhaps the most important part of this Psalm 32 that we read is that when we seek out God, God's steadfast love will surround us fully. When we put our trust in God, God's loving embrace is right there waiting for us. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteousness, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Yes, Lent is going to call us to dig into the darkest parts of our souls to learn where we are messing up and where we need God's grace. But did you catch that at the end of Psalm 32? This can be a time of joy for us. Even in this season of Lent, as we reflect on the cross and think about Jesus' passion as we move towards Good Friday, we can find joy in knowing that Christ is right there with with us, walking the road to temptation, facing those very temptations that we face day by day. And so as we walk in this season surrounded by God's love, even on the most difficult roads, I invite you to this boot camp for the soul. As I mentioned earlier, some of you may already be fasting during this season. I would invite you to a more intense time of Bible study and prayer and meditating on God's word as we seek to become closer, not just as individual Christians, but as a church family. Will you accept the challenge? Will you enter this boot camp for the soul? Let's pray together. Lord, we acknowledge the need to change before you today. 
When we enter this worship space every Sunday, it is a celebration of the things that you are doing in this life, but it is also a time where collectively we ask for forgiveness and ask that your spirit would guide us and help us to find and to point out and to actively seek change in our own lives. Over these next few weeks, Lord, help us to take the Lenten challenge seriously, that through prayer and fasting, through reading scripture, through meditation and drawing closer to you, that we would acknowledge our need to change. And Lord, when times get difficult and when the road is dark, help us to remember that you, your, that your love surrounds us and that we were always in the midst of your loving embrace. And for that, we give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.